Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 35. Today is kind of a shorter episode. We're going to get it out for you hopefully by Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving everybody uh, on behalf of the Movie Pals here. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving guys. Uh, so really this is a pretty straightforward episode. In a way it's almost the ending to our Harry Potter marathon uh, as a continuation or a follow-up I guess of our previous pod. Jeez, you're going to scare the audience into thinking it's the ending of our show, James. No, I'm yeah, like, oh, thank God. Some <laughs> That's them, it, everybody. <laughs> somebody gave us a one-star review. <laughs> Fucking haters. Um, so all we're really doing today is uh, we're going over what we've been watching and then the review of Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Let's get to it, guys. Hey, what you watching? Uh, let's go over, guys, first what we've been watching here. Let's start with the, uh, you, Marco. What Since, I mean, the last time we did a Harry Potter marathon, we actually didn't go over what we've been watching. So, I, I, like, we should have some stuff to talk about today. Well, first of all, who gave us a one-star review? Because I now I'm curious, because I didn't read this, and I want to know what feedback you have for us, because we will listen. Anyway, that was my little caveat into going into what I've been watching. Yeah, take a look. Uh... I've been watching a few things. It's been a long, uh, what, almost a month since we've done what we're watching? I mean, have you had any time to watch anything? Harry Potter is pretty much life right now. Oh, I've I've watched a few things sprinkled here and there. Um, I mentioned this this show in a previous episode, countless episodes ago now, but I finished Mayans MC, the new uh, FX spinoff to the Sons of Anarchy, and I liked it. I really did. It's it's not perfect by any means, but I'm interested in its future. It tends to focus more on the cartel, which was a subplot in the original Sons of Anarchy. Especially near the end of the seasons. Yeah, the Galindo cartel is a prominent aspect of this, which is kind of surprising because the beginning of the season starts off focusing on the Mayans MC, how they run things, uh, the character of Easy Reyes and him integrating himself into the club. And then halfway through, it starts to focus more on the cartel and you kind of forget that this is Mayans MC. But it's it, the way they do it is it, it fits well with, with the story and they explain why it is that they have up the series between the Mayan MC and the cartel and the connection between there. And the, and the families involved. But I think it's a really good continuation of the show. Uh, I'm excited as to where the future is going to go. Again, it's not perfect at all. There, there are some characters in the series that aren't quite um, with it. They're not secure with their characters. Right. So I, I hope that they fine-tune that in the following season. Is there anybody that you feel is relatable because I remember watching Sons of Anarchy, the only person I ever like felt like I could connect with was kind of Jax. But even then, like sometimes I liked him, sometimes I hated him. You you connect a bit with Easy Reyes because it's a, it's a kid that uh, opposite. Well, actually, he's kind of like Jax. I was gonna say yeah. he's opposite of Jax, where he starts off good and then situations in his life happen 
that caused him to go down the dark road and join the the mines MC. There's more to it. He's actually doing it because he's taken a deal from the government and he's supposed to be a confidential informant. Oh dang. Yeah. So that's the little twist to it, which they they give that out from the get go. So I'm not really spoiling anything, but it's just how he juggles that and his loyalty with the club is what makes the dynamic interesting. But if you liked Sons of Anarchy, again, I say check it out. It's really interesting. It's a great continuation, and you'll definitely be someone who's a fan of the show. Uh, Although the other thing I've been watching is Ozark season two on Netflix. And I know at the beginning I was saying how I was not uh, too sold on it. Yeah, yeah, you're telling us that. It it gets better. I'd say the series is split in two. The first half of the season is is sort of like a flashback where the birds are trying to make a deal with the town that they live in. And they're trying to open up a casino, a casino boat on the river. And you kind of see all those events uh, unravel as it gets closer to the midpoint of the season. Then after that, it's the aftermath. But they, they always create these subtle sense of urgencies and dangers for the family that I just don't think fit in because you you, you just you know nothing's going to happen to the main family. Right. They've already established that from the get-go. The first season, I feel, does that a little better because you really don't know what to expect out of, out of the, like the first season. But in the second season, it's pretty well established that no one's going to go anywhere. Mm, so, it's kind of a bummer sometimes. Yeah, but yet they're still hinting and hovering over that aspect. I think it would have been better if they hovered that notion over the people surrounding them because uh, okay. those are the characters where you know, where they could kill them off at any moment. Kind of like disposable characters? Yeah. Okay. Because the first season... Every, anyone's up for grabs yeah. because it's just like boom, boom, boom. This person drops, that person drops. And in the second season, if they had focused on the secondary characters, especially if they, like, they're a little bit more fleshed out in the season, uh, specifically um, the character of uh, Ruth and her family, you get to know a little bit more of their background and how their uh, psycho stepdad pretty much abuses them like Jeez. physically. So you, they're a little bit more sympathetic than in the first season. If they had focused the the deaths around them, then I think it would have been a better season. So I don't know. I, I still like it. If you like crime dramas and if you're a fan of Jason Bateman or Laura Leaney, then I recommend Ozark. I'm still interested to see where they're going to take it in season three. There's a few uh, big events that happen in the season that did catch me by surprise by the end, but I felt like it took too long to get there. So hopefully they clean it up in the next season. Aside from that, I started what is currently my favorite watch, which is Daredevil Season 3. And if you're not familiar with what Daredevil is, then I feel sorry for you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But um, it it takes place right after the ending of the defenders much like all the other phases of the marvel uh, the netflix marvel shows or at least the ones that survived <laughs> the purge of cancellation but uh this one is amazing it really borrows a lot from the dark knight specifically dark knight rises you see a lot of um similarities between them because this story and most of the daredevil storylines in this series have been borrowed from the Frank Miller version of Daredevil, which is a bit more grittier, which is why this Daredevil has been much more enjoyable. 
But it, it basically takes the, the broken hero looking for his true path. He's already, quote-unquote, saved the city um, twice, uh, especially in the Defenders. He pretty much sacrifices himself in order to like save New York. Yeah. Um, and that's not much of a spoiler because the Defenders was trash. And <laughs> <laughs> and now he feels like like he's being like he's a really Matt Matt Murdock, uh, Daredevil is a very religious character, and so he feels betrayed by God because he feels like he's been using his talents and gifts as Daredevil in order to do good, and he feels like uh, God hasn't been answering his call at all, and so he's trying to find his own path and become his own uh, true person, so to speak, and following his calling in his own way and the way that they expand on the rest of the characters like Wilson Fisk who comes back in this in this season and Karen Page and their motivations is really is really good you seem to remember how Wilson Fisk is very manipulative in trying to get people even when when he's just you know talking to someone you know that there's something up his sleeve and the way they unravel that in the first few episodes is just great uh, you see Karen Page grow as a person. She's not as, as fearful or as, as fragile as she was in the first two seasons. She's she's more grown and mature. Um, she's willing to take more risks, which is great, and and shows real true growth in a character. And even uh, Foggy Nelson, Matt Murdock's friend and ex-partner, uh, his character ha- has definitely come like to a full arc where he's his own person, and each character's motivations is sort of uh, like they're sort of colliding with each other. Yeah. And it, it's great. It's a it's a great dynamic for the show, and I think it really makes it mu- that much better. For a guy who hasn't finished uh, Defenders, and that's pretty much where I'm at right now, um, mm. would it be an easy jump in for me to just kind of catch up to what's going on and just go right into the Daredevil 3? You can watch the recap and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, because nice. Defenders is a waste of time, man. <laughs> I thought it was okay. If you watch the recap and you see the end result of the Defenders and then um, go into Daredevil Season 3, you'll be okay. But if you're a stickler for for continuity and stuff like that, then go ahead and finish it. Because I think it was only like eight episodes, Did you not even see The Punisher, dude? Nope. I mean, you might want to at least. Oh, watch you definitely that need to watch the Punisher. Too. Yeah, you need to watch the Punisher. Ooh, hold on, see, he's missing some some spots in his resume. Here. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty behind. I've, I'm a half. I'm like slow down. Four to slow down. To There's the the fight scenes in Daredevil three are very punisher inspired yeah and there's even a, f- a whole fight sequence that's that's inspired from season two and uh the first season of the Punisher that's very Frank Castleish Frank Castle ish God I can't talk today um yeah definitely watch Punisher and if you want to blow through the defenders go for it but I gotta say this this show is fucking awesome yeah yeah awesome but, yeah that's all I've been watching so Nabil what have uh, you been watching so I've got a little bit of, of a more, of, as usual, eclectic uh, visual habits. Thank you, Nabil. All right, so I've been watching. <laughs> What's up? British dramas. Yes. No, actually, no British dramas this time. Not quite. All American. Um, sort but of. But weird. <laughs> it was like sort of, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I got a chance to see that uh, Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder movie, Destination Wedding. Uh, it's a... It's very small, uh, romantic kind of. Comedy. I actually forgot it came out until yeah. you brought it up again. So did I. And then I saw it on um, HBO randomly, and I said, "Oh, I gotta watch this." You're like, "I have to." It's Keanu. 
You gotta watch Keanu. Yeah. Um, it's about essentially the story of two miserable and unpleasant wedding guests. Um, the characters Lindsay and Frank, who develop kind of a mutual affection despite hating them themselves. Does one of them travel back in time in a phone booth <laughs> and also dodge bullets very slowly? Funny enough, Keanu Reeves' character is so like in his head about everything that he overanalyzes all the things. Like love, people. His lines. Yeah, really. <laughs> also, you know, this is the, I think this is the first film that those two have been together since... Um, interview. Was it Interview with the Vampire? No. Dracula. Um, since Dracula. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. I think they were in something else, too. See, I was trying to think about that, too. I think they might have been. I think I looked it up before, and they have been in something else. Uh, Yeah, it's that one, the cel-shaded one. Oh, Scanner Dark. Yeah, they're in that one together, right. too. So... So, you know, they're animated in that, though. <laughs> I mean, it's live action with animation drawn over them. So, yeah. And those films are still both way more interesting than this one, I would say. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it wasn't any good. No, I mean, I liked the film. It was a good it was a good little comedy. It was different from a regular romantic comedy. I have to ask, though, Bill, for two characters, it, I find it's hard to like a film when the characters are shitty or don't like themselves was it was it they're they're self-loathing they're over analyzed it's it's kind of like the uh before midnight uh or before sunrise trilogies um with where they just kind of talk a lot and they or they just talk about life and then the scenario that they're in but they're just super negative about everything that's Um, a bummer yeah the jokes are funny you know if you've got to be really cynical and enjoy some of the dark humor because they are pretty dark about it gotcha. um so and th- th- essentially they're going to this one it, keanu reeves's brother's uh half brother's wedding and winona Ryder used to be in a serious relationship with the brother for like six years and was invited as well and so they both don't like the brother but they're there for support <laughs> for some reason um and they get they're kind of the outcast of the party and they just end up being with each other and the whole thing is them so you're focused around those two characters and you don't really interact with any other people or see anything else everything's just through the perspective of the two characters it's kind of good of you honestly it's i wouldn't say it's a film that you should see with like your significant other as a romantic film if that's what you're looking for if you're looking for like a dark comedy this is essentially that but said in a romantic setting it's like pretty sure janelle would not like this probably not does not sound like a prayer alley (laughs) um the other thing i've watched i finally finished the office um, okay cool. which is which is which is good um nine seasons of that show been watching it for a few months finally got through that i will say that at season eight they lose steve character uh, steve carell's character michael um he moves on to do whatever else it is you know become a famous movie star and stuff so um didn't they lose him earlier or the season seven is the last season he's in oh yeah so the last two seasons it's uh, essentially focuses on ed helms character andy and John Krasinski's character, Jim. So it's, okay. it's kind of in there. And Jim is funny with his relationship with Pam. I mean, it still, still all works, but it misses something without Steve Carell's character, Michael. Um, most of the time, it's just, he, you know, Michael is, is uh, an ignorant person who doesn't really know what's going on around him, but he has a heart of gold, which obviously probably doesn't translate well now, but it was very funny in the show. Okay, okay. And uh, all that's kind of missing. And so they tried to turn Ed Helms' character, Andy, kind of like that, and it doesn't really pay off very well. Okay, so yeah. like it, it it ended, like, did it end well? Yeah, they wrapped everything up. Even Steve Carell comes back in the last episode of the show. Um, they, they kind of 
finally go into the whole documentary setting and show that it actually is a documentary that it oh, gets really? aired. That's cool. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. And then they, they have a little bit of feedback about what that all means. And it is nice that some of the side characters get a bigger role after Steve Carell. I can't say his last name. You were struggling. <laughs> Michael leaves the show. But um, I don't know. It, the, the magic of The Office is missing without him. So that that kind of was a letdown. But overall, I think it was a solid show. And it's I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that I missed it. That I didn't get to see it when I was running before because it's pretty funny overall. And there's a lot of episodes. I mean, each season I think it was like almost 22 to 24 episodes. So yeah, it's a big quite one. a bit. Yeah, and then so we got to see Latin History for Morons, uh, starring John Leguizamo, uh, as he examines the repression of Hispanic culture throughout American history and his one-man show. Um, and it's funny. It's educational. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I learned a lot Is about it like Latin a stand up. It's it, no, it's it's a one man show. He's just kind of he goes and teaches you like a about TED talk. Kind of. No, it, it, it is it is a stand up. It's yeah. but it, the way he crafted it, it's uh, it, it's like a way for him to, in a comical way, show how much of Latin history has been omitted from like true history books. Okay. So, but he makes it part of his stand up bit. Yeah. Similar mm. to what happens at the end in the movie, uh, The Big Sick, Aziz Sanzari does the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, you. they even mention that in the movie yeah. and say, oh, it's like John Linguizamo's uh, Latin history thing. And I was like, oh, so this is what they were talking about. When did this come out? The special came out this year, just just actually this month. But has um, he been doing this? But he's been minute? doing Yeah, I think okay. he actually won a Tony for it, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, wow. Last so. year. So, I mean, it's really good. It's entertaining. He puts it in the guise of his son, and he's trying to talk to his son about how to stand up for himself and be a man, um, especially a Latin man. Um, okay. And it goes through kind of the scenarios of how to stand up for himself and, and represent and be proud of his people and look for heroes in, in the Latin community from when when they were all natives over there to before the Spanish came and before Americans also came in and, and you know, took over some of the land and essentially you know completed a full genocide of a lot of the native people of, oh wow um, okay the so that's South pretty, like, country so kind of serious at times it's it is serious at times but he does try to put a light spin on it in his own way um but it's, it's very educational and i think it's it's worth a watch for anybody just just to get a different perspective from from a latin person to nice. to tell them about his history and and what their people talk about because i didn't realize you know the broad spectrum of Latin America and South America and what what how similar they are but also their history and what kind of tore them apart and how they are and who they are now well shit as a Latino I learned some new stuff <laughs> that I didn't even know about my own people and I was like oh wow really oh, okay well look at that but yeah it's it's not always funny but um, he does a very good job at at keeping it upbeat and entertaining yeah, at least definitely. Yeah, but that's what I've been watching the last few weeks. How about you, James? All right, so I watched actually a couple things. I went with my dad and saw the J.J. Abrams produced film Overlord. Oh. Which is a World War II horror film about American soldiers during uh, the eve of D-Day, and they're trying to take out a radio tower. It's based on true story. I, yeah. yeah, I know. It is a uh, found zombies and shit. <laughs> I mean, maybe fucking Nazis were doing some weird stuff. Uh, this is directed by Julius Avery. It stars Giovanni Depo as Boyce, who's like the main character. Uh, Russell Crowe's son is in this one, Wyatt Russell. He's um, a sergeant named Ford. And yeah, so overall, I actually really like this one. 
My dad liked it as well. It's a really good blend of horror in this movie with action. Uh, it's a movie. We also saw it in Dolby Cinema, which was kind of awesome because the sound of this thing is absolutely amazing. Uh, it, I would recommend it. I mean, I've read a lot of reviews. It's it's practically like Wolfenstein the movie, which is kind oh, of really? so like if you really like dig that kind of um, genre of I mean, that's a video game. But if that kind of feel of something, it's very similar in this movie. Um, it's a really cool, I mean, it's a cool idea. They come across some really horrific things with the Nazis with experimentation and the last half of the film definitely doesn't shy away from gore. It gets did, did really, it feel like you were watching a video game? To a point, but I mean, Not I don't know, one. kind of in a good and a bad way, I guess. Well, but for me, thing, it's huh? an incredibly fun film to watch. Yeah. I had a really fun time watching this one. So that's one I would definitely recommend giving a look at because it's, once again, it's an original idea. It's something that's. I mean, if it was a video game movie, this would be the best video game movie that's ever come out. But, <laughs> yeah, the, um, the trailers n- never sold me on it, but I hear good things about it. It's sitting at like almost a ninety percent of Rotten Tomatoes wow. too. So really good. Um, this movie, funny enough, was almost rumored as a Cloverfield movie when it was first being produced, but because J.J. Abrams, but it was squash. It's not, but it, technically, it could <laughs> be. be. It's, like, cool. it's like anything that J.J. is coming out right now yeah. might be a Cloverfield There's movie. Star Wars Episode Just Nine. <laughs> Heard it's Cloverfield. <laughs> so I was like, what? The goddamn alien, bro. He's in there. He's in a cantina scene. That's who Snoke was. That's what he was. Yep. Damn it. This just connected to a film from 2007? What the hell? <laughs> JJ, you're a genius. All right. So that one I, d- I definitely recommend. It's a horror film. It's not doing too well in the box office because it came out at a really bad time. Same time as like when The Grinch came out. I don't know why yeah, anybody would It came release. out during Halloween. It could have came out two weeks prior and would have killed, dude. So. Yeah. I, but once again, I liked it. Uh, I also saw while back. By the way, this is kind of an update since it's been what a month and a half. <laughs> I saw First Man. Oh yeah, which is the about the life of astronaut Neil Armstrong and uh, the events leading up to his, you know, legendary space mission where he was the first man to walk on the moon on July twentieth, nineteen sixty nine. And this one it was absolutely amazing. This is easily. This is going to be my top 10 movies for the year as well. It's uh, directed first off by Damien Chazelle, who, as you guys know, made my favorite movie of 2016, La La Land, nice. which I think is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And he also did uh, Whiplash. So, I mean, he's three movies now in, and all three of them, I want to say, are like fantastic. That's crazy that he could differentiate his styles that that way from doing Very a musical much. to doing basically like a a historical historical yeah movie about uh neil armstrong yeah and also it's kind of cool because man this dude is only like 34 years old and he's easily one of the best directors out right now i think he's got a fresh mind on things uh ryan gosling's in this one as neil armstrong and i think he's absolutely fantastic this movie is shot almost like a horror movie Really? It's kind of weird. It's it's like it's very tense every scene because there's so much death in this movie. What? Like you really realize how that. many people died. Wow. Like experimenting on rockets and doing these test flights, and it's like sometimes a fucking bolt will go off and everybody inside burned alive. It's Jeez. crazy Damn. shit, dude. Uh, the I I saw it in IMAX as well. So the the lunar sequence itself is so well done. It actually, I for I mean, because I'm an idiot, I was like, "Are they on the moon?" <laughs> they, <laughs> that's how they filmed this. It's just how they filmed it. How the fuck do they get in the moon? It's such a touching story, too. You learn a lot more about Neil Armstrong. 
Um, for instance, he had a daughter that um, died shortly before he joined the NASA program from a brain tumor, and it kind of triggers his kind of like need to. He's very, very much a work kind of person, so he kind of he kind of drowns himself in his work, and you almost had to be to be this kind of person. You have to be almost perfect with everything. So, uh, once again, really good movie, great story. I I'm really glad I've seen it. It's good. Um, Heads up on Neil Armstrong, kind of get more of a background on it too. See, so not just—I mean, he's such a legendary person. Almost everybody knows who Neil Armstrong is. Yeah, yeah. but it's kind of cool to see. Like, he's the bike racer guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy that did that, right? It's it's crazy. Though. I mean, this was approved by his family and everything. Again, he's such a hard ass about things, and they show him even during like interviews, and he'd be the one that like staying straight laced and only thinking about his job, and like Buzz Aldrin's the one kind of joking around, right? And he's like, "Well, that's why you got to go second, boss, Buzz." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, lastly, I saw the movie Instant Family, which I understand you saw as well in a bit. I did. This is actually by a director that it's kind of hit or miss for me, Sean Anders. Um, early on in his career, his first big movie was Sex Drive back in 2008, which I thought was absolutely fantastic, about a guy that steals his brother's car, his muscle car, <laughs> drives across the country to um, have sex with a girl for the first time, mm. and I thought that was really funny, but then he kind of came out with some shit movies afterwards, so he did like, That's My Boy, Daddy's Home. <laughs> That's my boy. So, <laughs> we saw That's My Boy together. I mean, hit and, or miss, it's okay. Oh, Daddy's Home was all right. Daddy's Home, no. So I was like, oh, no, he did a terrible. But anyways, I think Instant Family is probably his best movie he's ever made. Well, tonally, they're not the same films. No, but which was just funny because they all have Mark Wahlberg in them in some way. (laughs) So this is about a family. It's actually loosely based on Sean Anders' actual life. He actually did adopt three kids. But it's about a family played by Mark Wahlberg and um, what's her name? Rose Rose Barnes? Barnes? Burns, B-Y-R-N-E-S, I think. And basically, they adopt a family because they're in their 40s and they don't want to be considered like old parents. So they adopt a young, like, Latina girl who's like 15 and her younger siblings. And basically, it's about the trials and tribulations of, like, learning to be parents and understanding that things aren't perfect. And these kids come from really, really fucked up backgrounds and kind of coping with it. But it's actually a very touching movie. Yeah. It was a lot. I mean, the marketing for this made it look like it was like a, like it's just like a comedy. Yeah, but it's actually more of a drama the entire movie. I've never even heard of this movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the one. Um, it's doing pretty well too. But um, yeah, Mark Wahlberg. I thought he did really well in it. It was believable. I thought the kids were adorable, and they're really like, like especially the young teenage girl. She did really well in this one, and she really plays that character up of like being this person that's very protective of her siblings but she's also you know she's also got a lot of shit going on too yeah so well i think too um the so going into the film i didn't realize how i I thought there'd be a little bit more comedy in it it's funny there's some good writing for sure um but the story is very much about this couple trying to uh, foster a family to adopt and you don't realize now. I don't know how much of it is is true for like each state in the country, but you don't realize how much they have to go through and what's of, involved. A lot of stuff. Yeah, and and they kind of try to speed up a little bit through the process, but get, they do well with time to tell you how long they've been with the kids and how long they've had to 
add them with their yeah with they their do family. do time jumps like it's yeah. been four months now right and these kids are a fucking nightmare but it is interesting <laughs> to to see what they've had to go, go through to, to make that happen and and you do see the ups and downs i mean there's even a there's a scene in like the beginning where they go to like a support group and they the mark Wahlberg and rose byron they're they're talking about how easy it is to raise yeah. these kids and everybody's just like making fun it's of a honeymoon, it's a honeymoon period yeah and then like a month or two later they finally realize oh no what the hell this is crazy yeah I mean, it, it sounds interesting. It sounds like something like a movie I could recommend to my mom yeah, for sure. It's very yeah, touching. it's actually incredibly well done. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, a lot more than I thought I was going to like it too. Yeah. It got me a little introspective about, you know, I'm married and trying to have kids and everything and getting a viewpoint of, of what options are available and saying that. Are you know, feeling 40 in a bill? I mean, you know, they were, they were supposed to be in their late 30s. So, so. <laughs> is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and move on now to the meat of this episode and do our review of. Fantastic Beast: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Address. What's that? A safe house in Paris. Why would I need a safe house in Paris? Should things at some point go terribly wrong, it's good to have a place to go. You know, for a cup of tea. My brothers, my sisters. The clock is ticking faster. My dream. We who live for truth, for love. The moment has come to take our rightful place in the world where we wizards were free. Join me. Or die. The wizarding and non-wizarding worlds have been at peace for over a century. Grindelwald wants to see that piece destroyed. You want me to hunt him down? All right, guys, so the IMDb description of this one is the second installment of the Fantastic Beast series set in J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World featuring the adventures of Magizoologist Newt Scamander. This is once again directed by David Yates, who's done all of them from Order of the Phoenix, I believe, in Ford? Onward, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is starring Eddie Redman. As Newt Scamander, Catherine Watterson as Tina Goldstein, Dan Fogler as Jacob Kowalski, Allison Sudel as Queenie Goldstein, Ezra Miller as Creedence Sparebone, Jude Law as Albus Dumbledore, Johnny Depp as Gellert Grindelwald, Zoe Kravitz as Lita Lestrange, Claudia Kim as Nikini, and Callum Turner as Theseus Scamander, and William Natalim as Yusuf Kama. So starting with uh, Marco here, yay or nay on this one? Um... Neither, really. It's it's okay. It's neither like a hundred percent yay for me, nor nor nay for me. It, it was fun, but there were quite a few issues to have with the movie, especially after sitting with it for a while and really thinking. You know what? I had a lot of questions about this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of plot holes, and uh, it felt kind of rushed. Like the movie had a lot of potential, and all the characters and their motivations seemed to be sprinkled all over the movie okay. without any like true direction okay we'll, yeah. we'll jump more into that in yeah. a sec uh what about you nimble uh, about the same I'm, I'm in the middle of it i didn't hate it um i kind of liked it a little bit more than the second one in the sense of just more plot development um so i got i the first one i wasn't really sold on the whole lore of it i'm like okay this is great this is okay we're in harry potter but seeing the second one it kind of gave it its own voice now and it's like okay this is the world we're in this is the reason why we care it almost seems like from that first one this is kind of like this is kind of the direction we wanted to go yeah 
And it's almost like a 1.5 movie to me, not a true like sequel. I agree. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a, a stepping stone to the. Now we're gonna start getting into. See, the I, movie. Fe- I felt opposite. I felt I felt the first one had more of a voice for itself and the direction of the series, and than this one, because even though yeah, it it was kind of uh, going off of the the Harry Potter hype and trying to make the connections, it it still felt pretty self contained and on its own. To where you could see it takes place in the Wizarding World, but right. it's it's not like a Harry Potter ish spinoff movie. To a point, I guess. I mean, it is a Harry Potter spinoff movie, right? Prequel series, but for me, I, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you guys. It wasn't the greatest film, but I don't think it's as bad as the critics are bashing it at. Yeah, like, is it a thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes? No, not really. That's pretty harsh, but. It's a movie that definitely is a setup film that we've talked about before. It's a movie that, I mean, I'm looking forward to where it's going toward, at least. At at the very least, it got me excited, and it wasn't like a, I mean, I keep beating this fucking bull to death, but I mean, it's not like a Last Jedi where I'm like, I don't give a fuck what happens anymore. (laughs) You know, it was one of the movies where, like, I actually wish there was more, this movie was longer. I was like, man, I wish there was more. Like, I kind of want to just get to it now and see the meat of this thing. So, I mean, it yeah. does a good job of setting up where we're going. And, I mean, there's positives of it. We'll talk about that in a second here, too. And there, there's a lot of, like I'm talking about, there's a lot of plot holes. A lot of parts where they just tell you something happened and, like, does that make sense? You know? I mean, it. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just the fact that the, the in the first movie, I mean... I don't know if I, if I want to spoil it or not, but we spoiled so, it on the last one, man. I mean, oh, don't I, don't go into spoilers yet. We yeah, but actually. something happens at the end of the first movie that they completely overlook in this movie, and you're just or immediately just kind of scratching your head and thinking, "What you guys? You guys really are just gonna just write?" There's it off a lot like of that. moments yeah. like that, though. In this you movie. know, and what what I liked about the first one again is, yeah, like it is a Harry Potter spinoff movie, but you forget that as you're in as you're invested in the movie and immersed into it. It's like, oh shit, this is like a Harry Potter you know spinoff movie, right. but the, the plot and and the characters carry the story so well. And in this one, it seemed like they they were kind of throwing ideas up in the air and seeing which one. Yeah, stuck. I, I, I would almost say like some characters. Definitely grow in this one. I yeah. mean, but like, there's a lot of characters in this one that take a step back. Yeah, yeah, which is disappointing because they are some of the more interesting characters in that first film. So coming into this one, seeing some people like, I felt like they felt obligated to keep these characters in these films. It's like, well, I guess you know. But uh, I'll talk more about that in spoilers, of course. But let's get into like what worked, what didn't work for you then, uh, Nabil. Like for the for the most part, what was the what were things in here that just didn't work for you? Honestly, um, it's it's kind of what you just touched on a little bit ago. Um, Catherine Watterson's character, Tina Goldstein, um, really did take a step back, and she yeah. was a pretty big part of that first film. And She's barely in this movie. They, they bring her in like halfway through, and then just how standoff standoffish she is with uh, Eddie Redmayne's character Newt is is kind of odd. Like I get they they explain it, they give exposition, but it just seems like for somebody who hasn't seen each other for a while. That they shouldn't really be that standoffish. It's a very stupid reason. It's and, super dumb. And also, uh, <laughs> Jacob and Queenie's uh, storyline. Uh, the what what happens to Queenie near the end of the film and her kind of motivations. It it's it didn't based never work the for first me film seemed out of character to me. Um, yeah, I agree. So especially even beginning of the film, how they started, it's also how it ends seems out of character for her character. So and Jacob, 
it's still kind of the comic relief, but this time he didn't really add as much value. Um, no, and and that's kind of what uh, what I wanted to go into. What did work was Newt's was awesome. I liked him a lot more in this film. I I felt like um, he's much more of a stronger character in this movie than he was in the first character, in my opinion. And you kind of get to see his his uh, connection to you know why why like Dumbledore is really interested into him and you know why the Ministry is interested into him his relationship with his brother um, Zoe Kravitz's character uh, Lita is really interesting so I thought she gave a really good performance and you don't really know if she's a bad guy or a good guy in the film throughout the whole thing and you you know you get a, a good little sense of mystery with her and I, I like that you know just kind of tossed up in the air where her loyalties lie so um those you know those two characters for sure were like really strong for me I, that kind of made it enjoyable to watch yeah no i agree with you on that uh what about you marco i 100 percent agree with everything that bill just said it's true the, uh, the fact that tina took a step back had an issue with that uh the, the reasoning again was horrible uh i had an issue with Queenie's turn, it, it just felt forced. It didn't feel natural or like it flowed with, with the story or with her character at yeah. all. Uh, Newt's commander was great. Uh, he, he's been the one thing that has uh, followed since the next film and gotten better. And it's just enjoyable to see his character grow and finally come to a fork in the road in which he has to make a decision right. and it's it's great I like to that see part. Yeah, yeah i really it, like that it's, too it's good to see that to see his character truly change based off all the shit he goes through throughout the movie and that was great um zoe kravitz uh little is strange they should have just done more with her really uh, were, ultimately I mean, yeah. this this movie had too many cooks in the kitchen yeah. there were way too many characters some were brought back for who knows what reason <laughs> And They're like, remember Tina? Yeah, I, I I really had no connection or didn't care about Credence. That, yeah. I mean, he was the the main central figure in the first movie. I really that, thought from even like the trailers, Marco, like they seem like he was a much bigger part in this one. And it's definitely set up for him to be a bigger part. But yeah, yeah, not definitely and, and not see, in this film. I would have agreed with that had there not been a subplot with Lita Lestrange's character. Right. I mean, that just was so interesting. Even when you're trying to see what her biggest fear is, when she has a flashback and you, and you Which, learn more about her backstory, yeah. that that scene was really good. It, it, her her inner turmoil was great and more believable. A lot, a lot more so than than Queenie's was. Really, I just think some characters maybe could have been left out of this movie and maybe returned for the next movie. Yeah, no, I agree. Which is something that the Harry Potter series got good and this one is sort of struggling with. I just hope they fine-tune that later on. Um, And, of course, I wanted more Dumbledore. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I know that they're they're probably going to save that for later installments, but it was was a great performance uh, that that Jude Law gave and I just was sort of like on the edge of my seat saying when's he coming back so um that's that's one area that did work and also didn't work because there wasn't enough but yeah those were those are my qualms with the movie what about you James um I have a few good bads like good wise I mean this is the first time in seven years I've seen Hogwarts back on the big screen that was really Mm -hmm. nice to see yeah um Jude Law I thought did extremely well as Dumbledore as a young Dumbledore, so that's kind of cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to... There's three more movies, so I'm assuming he's going to have a bigger role in that. Uh, Theseus Scamander. I thought he was actually a really cool character, but I wish they had dived a bit more 
deep into his relationship with uh, kind of Newt and why they like didn't exactly get along. There's a lot of hints at it. Yeah. But I felt like that could have been even a stronger like plot point because. I mean, I'll get into spoilers I, later. Yeah, again, it's a victim of having too, too many, much. There's a lot of plot lines going here. Yeah, and we could have cut a cut a couple of them. Like, I don't even know why Theseus and Leah hooked up. Like, what the hell, right? Like, yeah, it's it, like it just happened. Yeah, and like, there's hints of it. Like, there might have been something, or like, she actually really likes Newt still. And but there's all this. It doesn't. They don't ever come back to that in yeah. a way. They do to a point, which I'll talk about in spoilers, but. It's still the payoff doesn't pay off as well as it could. Um, Tina, once again, like I agree with, with you guys too. I mean, not quite sure why she was even here. I mean, even the French ministry doesn't know who the fuck she is. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? What? Another plot point? Why does no one know who she is in there too? Yeah, Especially she kind of was a big deal on the first never movie. Never go back to that either. No. Another plot point, plot hole. Uh, I thought the editing was really bad in this movie. Really? There's a scene where we yeah. go down to the... This is not a spoiler, because, I mean, I'm not going to tell you why. But, for instance, Jacob's in the tomb area near the end, if you guys recall. And Juan's pointed at him. And then we get a cut, and then we're back to Newt and the gang all together. And then Jacob pops up out of nowhere. I was like, what the fuck? Did we miss five minutes of this movie? Oh, shit, yeah. The editing is yeah. really bad. That's very true. I can't believe some of the shots of this movie. I mean, CG, fantastic. Possibly the best-looking Harry Potter film. Uh, editing though, not getting nominated for Academy Award. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you know right now. Uh, the subplot with Yusuf Kama's family evolved with Lita was oh very fucking thin string, pretty strange. I don't mind the Lita part. Yeah. That's cool. But Yusuf didn't need to be in this movie. Yeah. No. no, he confuses shit out of me. Yeah. I had a Wikipedia this shit. I was like, Wait, what's going There's on no way guy? a fucking kid will ever understand what this part's about. He is talking some shit, and then I was like, I don't know if anyone is falling along at this point. I actually forgot that whole part. He's part of the crew at the end, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Just to let you know. Yeah. He's coming back for round three. Uh, I like that whole thing, by the way. Their group at the end, kind of cool. There's a mix of bad guys, good guys. Kind of like, oh, okay. This is kind of Dumbledore's army, right? Little, the whole the Nagini, Nagini and Credence thing also was just... Weird, right? Yeah. I'm Weird. like, was this really I mean, necessary? A romantic subplot with him and the snake lady? Probably didn't need it. But hey, we're on there. But overall, <laughs> the one thing I did still like is that it still set it up for the next film. Had a pretty shocking ending, which I did not... Could have never told you was going to happen. Right. And um, it, it changes it, the lore to a bit. Apparently, there was a missing person in the movie, too, because Grindelwald was barely in the movie. Oh, yeah. We haven't so, even yeah. mentioned Grindelwald. Yeah. Sorry. Right. He did yeah. a crime or two, I think. Uh, I actually think Johnny Depp is perfect for this because he's just the right amount of asshole <laughs> that fits in perfect for this role. And it's yeah. it's a very manipulative Emperor Palpatine. I mean, Senator Palpatine, not quite Emperor yet. But that kind of tone of manipulating everybody to believe certain things that they see. So that's why yeah. it's an explanation of why certain people do certain things. It doesn't pay off as strong as it could. But I do look forward to actually seeing this guy in the future films as well. So that's one of the things that I think him, Dumbledore, going to have probably a bigger role. Maybe one of these will be called something of Dumbledore. I don't know. But <laughs> we'll see. Overall, I still enjoy the film. It's not for everyone. It's definitely a Harry Potter-esque kind of fan film. Like, you're not going to like this if you just jumped in. I don't think you're going to... I mean, there's a lot of shit they referenced to. There's a too. lot. Yeah. Not to mention, even, even just like the Jacob and Tina stuff. It's like, hope you saw the first one. Yeah. Because if not, these are just two randos. Yeah, it's not going to hold up. your hand. Yeah. 
It's, I mean, it's, and maybe next time, maybe we get a little more beasts in this one. I mean, we got that little Chinese dragon thing, which was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. It was some comedic relief with Tina holding the little munchkin thingy. And But I mean, it didn't work with the tone of this film still, the beasts, which I think I'm agreeing with Marco on. The first film had more of an identity with the actual beasts yeah. part of it. This one, it seemed almost forced having the like that it had the no don't get me wrong i love newt as a character i can't wait to see more of him but having some of the beast things in this one just didn't work as well as it could have yeah no so not at all uh it's still fun it's a fun movie and like like james said it not everyone's gonna like it but you know if you have your reservations towards it maybe watch a matinee or hey wait for it to come out on blu-ray or digital rental uh but if you are an overall huge fan of the Harry Potter series or newly founded fan like myself, then, you know, definitely check it out. Give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into spoilers, guys, because, I mean, I got a lot of stuff to say still. So if you are going to watch this one, which you might, because Thanksgiving's coming up, lots of movies, uh, skip to our outro here. We'll talk about something else for you. So. All right, so... Here are our spoilers on this one, guys. What I want to start with here, not the ending yet. I don't want to talk about that yet. But what I want to get into here is Tina, not Tina, sorry. Queenie. Queenie going with Grindelwald, a sort of betrayal move here. Um, Once again, didn't really work for me. No, it made no fucking sense. I mean, I thought she was under a spell. I was like, she's got to be under a spell. Then I was like, nope, she's really just going. That's that's what I thought too. It it just would it would have been better if they it had been something that was hinted at somewhere towards the be- at least the very beginning or maybe even towards the end of the previous movie, but it just seemed completely out of her character for her to do that. Plus, not to mention, we forget she can read minds. Right. Yes, you mean can. to tell me she couldn't read Grindelwald's mind and know he that might he was be so powerful? Her out? I'm assuming that he's just like this is me. Hard for her to read. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm assuming. I mean, she shows up at the end where he's in his little Austrian fucking fort in the mountain, and yeah, mm-hmm. like she's part of his like like right hand person at this point. Yeah, it was just I don't know. I was, I was like, like kind of weird. It's, it's, see, that's why I said it made it made more sense for the little strange part, especially because the fact that she had some darkness in her past already. So it made sense. The seeds were already planted there that she was already struggling with her identity with, am I a good person or am I not because of what happened in my past and her biggest fear. And if they would have elaborated more than that in the in the, in the the movie, then I think that would have had a bigger payoff because her almost tricking Grindelwald near the end, that was a very Man, good but scene. But we all knew it wasn't going to happen, though. No, yeah. I was like, God but, damn it. No. Yeah, but I'm just saying, it, yeah, it would have been a lot better than the Queenie thing. I almost but, feel like she shouldn't have died yet. Like, yeah. this should have been like yeah, another. She would have been, been, been a cool one more movie in, kind of. Yeah. Almost like a serious black. I mean, it's kind of funny because she's related to him. Because, I mean, we didn't get as much as we, we wanted out of this character, right, I yeah. think. And she was one of the more interesting characters. Yep. And I, I think it, this would have grown even better with another like two and a half hours worth of film to kind of look over, you know? Way more than Credence, which what I was going to say is that fucker died at the end of the first fucking movie and they completely like... He just, floats away. They though. have a little piece of He him does have a piece of him away. That was the whole thing. At the True. very end. Yeah. yeah. But I, I so I guess somehow like, he manifested back. Yeah, he grew it, back. It, I, I, to me, that undermines the first movie though. I mean, they do a ton of this shit with like... I mean, it's it's hinted that Jacob's mind is actually not all gone at all the right. end of the first movie. Yeah. So, I mean, they're playing off of the, the scene where uh, Queenie comes back to the bakery and sees him, uh-huh. and it mm-hmm. kind of ends on that point. So, 
I didn't like how, I mean, once again, it's the editing for me. Like, they just show up as like, hey, my memory's not gone. I'm like, well, I mean, you can just, I mean, I've taken screenwriting classes and it, it's best not to tell, but to show. Yeah. It, so, oh, yeah. No, a lot of it. I really mean, poor that writing se- there. That scene where they were all inside the tomb area and they were all discussing about like I you told know, you. the strange. That's all exposition. Choppy. That's why it's there. Choppy. They're just telling you everything. Yeah, the exposition is just horrible. I was shocked Sorry, that was the ending, actually. Yeah, that was the ending. Was they like, just give you it? all that. I mean, even the ending with all the, the kind of wizards that are looking into Grindelwald and wanting to join him, um, all exposition about what Grindelwald's about, what he wants to do, you know, why he wants to fight against the ministry. Yeah. And all, a lot. that's what I found from a lot of this film. It's just exposition. We need to find a way to tell you all this stuff, but we don't want to sprinkle it in over yeah. another three we're films. We're not going to ruin the other films, so yeah. this one's going to be the one that's So we're just going to put it all in this movie now, yeah. and you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check it out. Pretty dope, right? Yeah. No, I agree. That's something that I thought was t- just really rough, man. I, yeah. It didn't flow as well. Uh, let's get it with the big, the big reveal here. So the fact is, I mean, Credence doesn't really. I mean, he's just he's just one of another puzzle piece or another chess piece for Grindelwald, really. And I think this is. I hopefully this plays out more. We, it's revealed here at the end that Credence is actually a Dumbledore. He's Aurelius Dumbledore, who's a somewhat long lost brother i'm assuming or oh. cousin or something i mean they, they ended on that part we don't yeah. fucking know i mean i had something maybe grindelwald's lying to him just because be. credence is even when um when grindelwald was posing as graves in the first film he was already kind of he did a lot of sweet nothings to credence to kind of just get credence to be on his side about shit yeah yeah so i wouldn't be shocked if he's lying and also i mean remember the obscurus that killed the um dumbledore's sister ariana yeah maybe that obscurus i was thinking i've read on things maybe that's what's inhabited itself into credence and And that's that's the thing that's affected him and that's why he's connected somehow so there's a lot of things like that what did you guys think about that like it could be that uh grindelwald is misreading it and it's really yeah um that's a fan fan yeah that's a fan theory of course but ariana aurelius similar names I mean, truthfully, that would be a lot better than this just, guy being a surprise brother that just introduced like surprise. I was like, He's I gotta, do not have another yeah, brother. It's like we uh, do know he does have another brother, but really this is not that gentleman. No. Yeah, I was like, was that the dude that was at the end of the Harry wow, Potter he got series? Really old in that one. Yeah, I was like, huh? Did Creed right. survive? <laughs> Jeez, I don't think so. I was like, is that the animosity he felt towards his brother? But yeah. is that why uh, yeah. he's still out there? I. Uh, just find that too hard to believe and i sort of cringed a little bit with the reveal and i'm like this it's, it's got to be a lie right he's Grindelwald i was okay with it Grindelwald's a piece of shit but so once again i was like are they fucking last jediing me again <laughs> <laughs> is ray's parents somebody or not i don't got three fucking years to figure this out <laughs> but i do so i don't know what you think Nabil. i mean it came out of left field yeah i, I honestly didn't know what to do with that knowledge i'm like so are we just are, like like you guys said? Are we supposed to believe that? Is that real? Is there a lie? I have. It's a lot of question marks for Creedence's character now. So I really don't even know what. I mean, definitely a cliffhanger ending. I'll yeah. give him that. Where it made better sense if Creedence was just related to Grindelwald. I in thought, some way. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if it just Creedence was like in like went to the thing. Elder Wand and never showed up again? Yeah. Uh, wouldn't it be wrong. cool if? Uh, he wasn't even in this fucking movie, and they just I would have thought it'd be cool characters. if he was revealed at the end that he came back, like he'd been taking over a year and a half to recuperate his body. That would yeah, been showing like, that. Oh, that's kind of cool, yeah. right? Yeah, we should have wrote this one, <laughs> <laughs> but immediately after, like I said, it just it takes away. I mean, from I never that. believed his neg- 
bikini fucking romance either. Yes. And I was like, I mean, He's pretty cool that. thing that she, we have the background to. I, I like that Voldemort's story about why she's a snake and how crux. Being the king. Yeah. yeah. It's, she again, eventually obviously gets evil as fuck. Yeah. Eventually so, something not that could have. choice. They, these characters could have just been spread around a little more or a yeah. little better. It, like, it was hey. just, she seemed like a forced connection. Like, hey, look at that. Yeah. You know her. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's the snake that Voldemort likes. She killed Snape. So think about it. <laughs> She's going to kill Snape in 60, 75 years or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, okay, that's cool. But, I mean, once again, they probably didn't need to bring Jacob back, but I understand they needed a comic relief. Comic relief. Tina probably didn't need to show up. She could have. I mean, once again, she mentions having a boyfriend that we never see. Never. No, she's lying. There's no boyfriend. I think. I mean, the reason. Okay, first off, also hella dumb that she thinks that Newt is going to be marrying Lita because of an article that came out, and that's why she has a crazy animosity towards. She could have reached out to him to be like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! What happened to us?" And then the triangle still didn't work for me too. So then Newt comes and he's trying to tell. uh, Sorry, I'm mixing the names up. Uh, he's trying to tell Tina. I mean, basically, Newt likes Tina. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, Tina was much. Got, yeah, he still has that thing for Lita, obviously, because him and Lita connected. As yeah, a past. but see, the way it was done in the first movie is that Tina had more to her character, which made the love interest a little more bit more believable, more too. believable, more yeah. interesting, because she was the actual person in the first one. In this one, this one, she shows there. up. We get some flashback scenes. Yeah, she goes in a statue, and that's all I really remember. And she helps uh, destroy the uh, keep the implosion in. Yeah. I thought that was a cool scene, by the way. It was. It was where Theseus and Nude are doing that, um, the Kama Hea Hea one from uh, Dragon Ball, right? I think. <laughs> <laughs> they just Dude, that, fucking that, synchronized shit. I was is, like, it's pretty dope. Yeah, that scene at the end was really awesome. And I that was think, cool. Nicholas Flannel had a little cameo. I do think that it's really neat how, it, compared to the Harry Potter films, these are all adults. Adults, and yeah. They all have magic. They have much better magic. Yeah, much better magic. They know how to use it. And you get to see them use it um, really well. So that's. Just the use of magic as a whole is pretty cool because you don't have to worry about, oh, kids learning how to do this and learn new things. These guys are already veterans. They know what they're doing, and you they're just, you know, when no, you get yeah. the ones out, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. And I, I the uh, my final statement on this one, too, uh, final thing I liked, the best scene I thought, I thought really, I really liked uh, when Newt and, uh, is whole, hugging Theseus at the end, finally kind of embraces him back. Yeah. And he finally tells him what side he's on. And he's just like, I'm a crip for life, bro. And I mean, <laughs> he does a crip walk and he walks off. Brotherly oh. love. Yeah. So, I mean, I love that. <laughs> 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 no, I real talk. I liked that he basically, I mean, did it did it need to take an entire film for him to fucking pick a side? I guess. But I mean, once again, this new. whole movie's set up. So. But it, it, sh- it showed how true to his character is what he was. As much as an issue I had with it, I'm like, okay, that's just. He's just trying to write his goddamn book. Guys. Yeah. It's oh, like, right. come on, guys. And if he has to go kill a fucking dangerous dark wizard to do it he wants to be a famous textbook author because you know they're they're very fucking popular yeah he's like i'm in it for the money let's get this shit but yeah i uh i enjoyed that too the the whole uh dragon monster thing i think was was really cool the 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 chinese the chinese dragon thing yeah that was really cool yeah the cg effect on that was pretty awesome he looked very soft and uh, feather like right (laughs) yeah yeah so basic guys overall Mixed reviews on this one, guys, from us. Yeah. Uh, we still recommend giving it a look if you're a Harry Potter fan. Uh, if not, uh, wait for it to come out, rent yeah. it, and take a look. But here's hoping that the last three come out a lot more solid and get back to form, just like the uh, Harry Potter films. So. Yeah, maybe they kill off some of these characters and uh, empty out the field a little bit. Not too much like <laughs> The Last Jedi, though, but I mean... 
Make them like mean something. Yeah. Right. All right, guys. So that is the end of podcast number 35. Thank you, everybody, once again for listening. Uh, feedback, response, and reviews, even though, you know, negative or positive, we, we learn from everyone that we get. Uh, Marco, how can they reach us? Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash moviepalspod, or tweet at us at moviepalspod. So, yeah, like James was saying, if you guys want to give us a shout-out or you want to leave a review, good or bad, hey, you know what? We'll take it at this point. Uh, <laughs> be sure to give us any recommendations, too, because good or bad, we will watch those as yeah, well. Yeah, we will. Some, I mean, Surprise. Sometimes. And we'll, we'll give you our honest opinion of them, too. Yeah, it's like it's not always good, but, you know, we try. All right, guys, tune in next time for our December podcast where we will be going over Ralph Breaks the Internet. Until next time, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.